How are you doing, Lincoln? It's 11.04. It is time for How's It Growing, your weekly garden connection right here at KZUM. Hi, I'm Bob Henriksen with the Nebraska Statewide Arboretum. We plant Nebraska each and every day. Great plant information at plantnebraska.org. Thanks for tuning in today. Well, gale force winds. Well, we don't have them today. There's a big surprise. Man, wasn't last Saturday a trip? That was just like brutal pretty much out in it all day in an event and they lost like three canopies due to it uh you know i got a shade house on east campus and it fortunately uh, the plastic that's covering it didn't rip to oblivion but uh a lot of people weren't so fortunate but we survived that wind and now there's chances of rain cross your fingers what is there there's a slight chance tonight and then i think uh, our, our best chance is what friday into saturday something like that I'm not going to believe it until it happens, right? And plus, they're not really saying is this going to be heavy rain or a light rain, whatever, right? We'll take whatever we can get, but it's dry out there. I have Kristen Hain talking to us today. She's going to be calling in uh, around uh, 10 after here. And uh, Kristen Hain from Land Escapes, a regular guest here on How's It Growing. So stick around for our conversation there. But uh, as you know, I'm a foraging guy. And uh, right now, this time of year, well, I just want to keep you posted on a couple of things that you you could be uh, foraging right here, right now. And one of them is maple samaras, you know, the, the helicopters, right, that you played with as a kid. You remember that? Fond memories of, you know, uh, dropping maple helicopters from a height and watching them twist and turn down the ground. And, uh, you know, maybe you grabbed whole handfuls and threw them over a railing and watched them all kind of flutter to the ground. Well, those little boogers are edible. And so we'll we'll chat about that. But first, I got a caller on the line. Hello, caller. Is this Kristen? Can you hear me now? Hello. I'm here. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> hello. I was like, can you hear me now? All right. Can you hear me fine, Kristen? Yes. Yes. Thank you. All How right. are you? Hey, pretty good. How are you doing? Doing all right. Surviving. <laughs> Surviving, right? Uh, yeah, this is Kristen Hain from Land Escapes. Folks, thanks, for Kristen, for taking the time. Uh, I know you're busy, busy this time of year. And, yeah, surviving is, is one word we're all saying. And I, I'm assuming when you say surviving, it has a lot to do with the wind, right? <laughs> That's one thing. That's definitely been a challenge, yeah. And just being super busy and shorthanded and behind schedule. <laughs> oh, man. Well, the life of a landscape person, right? Uh, you know, that's kind of... Yeah, that's kind of, a, you know, I had a, a nursery guy, he calls it the 100 days of hell. <laughs> and I'm like going, wait a minute, hell? Well, you know, you're kind of working, working your tail end off, always behind, you know, and if you think about that 100 days, it's, uh, you know, for us, uh, I'm you're included, I'm sure, Kristen, where that 100 days kind of starts in late February and then goes till, uh, goes till uh, what? Uh, December? Yeah, right? <laughs> then you can come up for air. Yes, yes, exactly. No, it's, it's fine. It's all good. Well, working out there in, in gardens uh, right now, uh, are you guys still busy with cutting things back? Is that kind of what's happening we right now? We are still working on that. We've got probably another week-ish, week and a half. We've had a few really late calls um, that we can't get to until May. But, uh, but yeah, we're, we're close um, to being caught up on that. But, mm -hmm. like I said, we're a bit behind schedule for some various reasons, but we're all right. Right, yeah, you'll, you'll be fine. You got this. Piece yeah. of cake. Yeah, and uh, I think, you know, we had a, a slight freeze a couple of nights ago, just kind of mm -hmm. nipped a few things, but uh, it looks like the coast is kind of clear from here on out. We're looking at kind of the, I didn't glance at the 14-day forecast or anything, but... Yeah, um, I haven't either. Yeah, and, so, and of course, I can be a little wrong with those 14-day forecasts, but oh, still, we, all, we always... <laughs> anything until about mid-May. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to, to act. And uh, yeah, people, so just remember, yeah, you can plant your peppers now or you can plant your tomatoes now if it makes you feel better. But, uh, uh, and nursery centers love you because uh, go ahead and plant early because we'll see you in a few weeks. <laughs> right. <laughs> when, 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 yeah. Because if you're plant tomato... I, we don't plant. We, we refuse to plant anything early. Our, I won't even let our growers deliver until... Let's see, we'll start getting our tree and shrub and perennial shipments next week, actually for the next two weeks. And our annuals won't come until the week of the 9th, I think, or something like cool, that. Cool, cool. That makes a lot of sense. Like literally the day after Mother's Day. Mother's Day is kind of yep. still kind of for all yep. of us to say, you know, after Mother's Day, we're probably safe. And uh, yep. our, our friends there at the Sunken Gardens, uh, Steve Nozzle and Alice Reed have always told me that when they come on the show is, is that, yeah, that's why we do it. 
because we're not taking any chances. We've been burned mm-hmm. before. <laughs> oh, yeah, so have I. We've we've had plants come in from our growers earlier in this, you know, like a week earlier, literally the, like, last week of May, or I'm sorry, last week of April. And I remember the last year that we did that, we mm. had six inches of snow on May 5th. Oh, boy. We collapsed our green, our, our shade structure. Uh totaled some plants and i'm like you know i'm never doing that again never again i don't have a uh, <laughs> i don't have an, a greenhouse or place to store this stuff we're just all outside so <laughs> right and I, I i get this i have a a, a true barber this fellow is like semi-retired so i can actually set up a hair appointment in like a day you know i'll call him on one day and get in the next morning at like eight o'clock wow. so what barber cuts your hair folks at eight in the morning right <laughs> <laughs> mine does well anyway he uh his parents uh you know grew tomatoes uh, commercially and uh, had like what do you say 25 acres of tomato plants and we were talking about the proper time to set them out and he said my dad would not plant any time before May 19th. So mm-hmm. May 19th, people, the soil is warming up and the soil is yeah. nice and warm because, again, you can plant your tomato plant and, and there's no risk of freeze. But if we have nightly lows, you know, say in the mid-40s oh. or low-40s, yep. that tomato plant ain't going to like you. And, it's, <laughs> and the, the soil temperature is not going to be there yet. And so it's just going to kind of sit there. And, uh, yeah. you know, and I've, I've heard of people planting early like that and then planting some more tomato plants a little later, like, like late May or whatever. And the late May ones always catch and surpass and are healthier than the ones they stuck in three weeks ago. So, Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Another thing that people don't think about um, and, you know, it's unfortunate, but as far as even perennial, you know, hardy plants. Um, if you get those, if you're buying those from a, a nursery green, you know, greenhouse of some sort, um, oftentimes they've come in from a grower in another region that has, you know, had them under protection or in a greenhouse or something. So they've been used to a different climate mm-hmm. and they come in here. So if you stick even the hardy plants out too early and we do have a cold snap, it's going to, you know, it may not kill them, but it's definitely going to do some damage. And then they've got to have that recovery time to come back, which takes even longer. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, why, why risk it? And yeah, yeah, you made me think of the, the old term we like to use, folks, hardening off. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, hardening off is, is getting them, like you said, they, they've been nice and fat and happy sitting in a greenhouse and, and uh, they can hear that wind howling outside the greenhouse, but they're like, dude, I'm, a, I'm really glad I'm in here. And uh, yeah, so even if the weather's good, you're bringing them out and it's a 40 mile an hour wind, it'll suck the moisture right out of those things. And yep. even even with the, there's moisture in your pot, they're still wilting, right? Because they're just not oh, used yeah. to that 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 intense wind. And yeah, what what do we got out there? A, a breeze? They call it a 30 mile an hour wind now. A breeze. <laughs> and, Is that a light breeze? Uh, right, <laughs> that's a light breeze, right? Oh boy, yeah, what a trip. It has been challenging. My my poor staff. A couple weeks ago, we were working on an acreage, putting down 40-some yards of mulch for a client. Ooh. And it happened to be that day where we had the sideways sweep mm. <laughs> mm. with, with a 40-mile-an-hour wind. They, they pushed through and got it done, but it was miserable. And, and uh, yeah, we weren't anticipating any of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoy your post, and I know that's one thing you posted. I, I remember seeing that and uh, you know, giving your crew a shout-out, going, okay, I better give these guys a shout-out because they're yeah. probably grumpy with me right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it all has to be done. And, and folks, you can follow Landscapes on Facebook and uh, check out their website. And, uh, Kristen, correct me if I'm wrong, is it just landescapes.com? Um, our website is landescapesonline.com. Okay, landescapesonline. Why did you add that online okay. part? I think whenever I set that up many moons ago, landscapes.com was already taken. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> there are other landscapes across the country. I think there's one in Kansas City maybe, and I don't know where else. But we're not the only one, but, uh, but yeah, we're well, the only one here in, in Lincoln and in Nebraska. Well, speaking so of your my, name. I'll get my only well, speaking of your name, I'm assuming what inspired you to choose Landscapes is that's what we're creating landscapes for, to escape in, right? That is our tagline, escape to your own backyard. Yeah, escape to your own backyard. So I'm curious, you know, uh, when COVID hit and, and everybody was forced to be home and whatnot and, you know, the gardening increased and, you know, everybody's, you know, oh, I'm going to plant a garden or I'm going to add some landscaping or whatever. Do, do you see that waning after COVID or is it no, still strong? Not yet. Not yet. We've, we've, our business has increased like crazy in the last two years. And, you know, it's, it's been interesting to me because 
you know, like everybody, I think when COVID first hit in that, that March of 2020, you know, I was starting to panic, like, what is this going to do to us? Um, you know, in my mind, I consider what we do a luxury service. Um, but in the, in the reality, there's a lot of people that just maybe physically or age or they're too busy. They can't get out to do their own landscaping or their, you know, maintain their stuff themselves. So we do definitely provide a, a necessary service. We were actually deemed, um, oh, what were they calling it? Oh, what? Uh, an essential? Yes. We were <laughs> landscaping and, and lawn care was actually deemed an essential service, which I had never thought of what we do that way, but that's cool. kind of eye opening. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it was very interesting because that, that first year, um, you know, I started reaching out to some of our regular clients and just kind of feeling them out. And I thought for sure we were going to have cancellations left and right because people were, you know, losing their income or having mm. to stay home. They could do it themselves. And it mm-hmm. was absolutely the opposite. And awesome. ever since then, it's just continued to, to go up. Um, kind of, a, I guess a good example is we do a lot of um, ornamental landscape maintenance mm-hmm. where we just go to properties between three and seven times every year and um, take care of whatever their needs are, pull weeds, trim shrubs, plantings, mulch, you know, just routine maintenance on the ornamental plants. And for many, many years, our average number of properties that we did that for was between 55 and 60. And I think COVID year, we jumped up to 65. Last year, we jumped up to 86. And I think we're at 91 already. Oh, my word. Wow. And that's just maintenance. That's just not, that's not any of the installation yeah. projects or, you know, it's a one-time thing. So yeah. it's been crazy. Yeah, that <laughs> I is. I need more help, people to help. Right. We need about four more full-time people right now. All right. I'm there tomorrow. No, I can't. I can't. I'm sorry. I, I would, <laughs> but I can't. Yeah. I've got other responsibilities. No, but I... You ever I, find yourself without anything to do, Bob? You come knocking on my door. All right. I sure will. I sure will. But yeah, you hear that, people. Uh, you know, there's work out there and good work, at, at, mind you. And so I'm curious, though, that... Okay, so these folks, are, you know, they're increased. They need you for maintenance. Like you said, they could have physical difficulties. They could be up there in age where they're... But are you seeing some people like... They're, they're literally not just saying, okay, Kristen and her crew is going to come here and take care of me, and I'm just going to look at my garden out my bay window. Are you seeing people literally get more immersed in the garden? You um, know what I mean? Like actually visiting clients, the garden? No. Our clients <laughs> no, probably not. Um, uh, you know, the majority of our clients, either they're, they're like young, middle-aged professionals, they have busy lives, kids. Ah. Gotcha. You know, careers, whatever. They just don't have time to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Some like to just keep up with the Joneses, so to speak. And then we do have a lot of elderly clients that, you know, some of those were gardeners in the past and just can't do it anymore. And so they very much appreciate everything that we are able to do to take care of their plants for them. Um, but, yeah, on our on our end, um, most of our client base just kind of wants us to handle it. <laughs> yeah, because I imagine there are some, you know, there's, there's another group a whole big group that do does want gardening obviously they're not counting on your mm-hmm. services for that they will they want to be out there and that's what we're kind of yeah. yeah and that's that's a good thing and i think people think I know that we've gotten um information from our growers mm-hmm. uh like um and i can repeat any of it off the top of my head i don't remember it i have to look it up but i know over the last couple of years we've had like quarterly or, or periodic emails just kind of with the trend like gardening trends and the percentages of increase in people like getting into gardening and planting and all sorts of various things has definitely increased a lot in the last few years. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a good thing. And I think, you know, we've been in this business long enough to say, is this a fad or is this, you know, here to stay? Right. And I think that's what we're all kind of like curious about, I think. And Mm -hmm. uh, so keep it up, people. Green things are good. We need more green things in our lives. Yeah, and, and I don't know if you were, you, you were probably busy dialing or whatever, but when I came on the show to start, I was talking about maple seeds and them being edible. Had you ever heard that before? No, I've not. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't either until, you know, me being the, Bobby the Forager, I like, uh, you know, I like, <laughs> and people say, why do you do that? Is it survival food? Are you like broke, dude? It's like, no, it's, it's, it's free. You know, it's free food and it's, it's actually kind of fun. It gets you back in touch with nature. Well, anyway, Kristen, I, I just wanted to, you to hear this too, but silver maple is better than red maple as far as, uh, so those little helicopters that we all enjoy, yeah. 
I oh, was, yeah. when, when I was getting my hair cut this morning, I'm, I'm looking out his window and there was a squirrel uh, at the edge of the branches pulling off the clusters and just munching away. And uh, maybe you've noticed squirrels eating silver maple seeds before. Um, I certainly have, but boy, this guy was just, just chowing down. And I'm thinking, dang, they, you know, and I've, I've eaten before, they have a slight bitter flavor, but uh, uh-huh. anyway, it turns out they're packed with protein and carbohydrates and quite tasty. And anyway, so that makes sense that the squirrels like pigging out because, well, getting <laughs> protein and carbohydrates, not that you would bump the squirrel and say, yeah, dude, they're, they're nutritious <laughs> and good for you. But anyway, um, yeah, for backyard foragers, you know, now's the time because these foragers will say, if you wait till they drop on the ground, you're almost too late. You have to literally pluck them off the tree. And then like the, the wings of that Samara will be brown, but the, the part that's holding that little seed inside is green. And it's a bit, uh, getting to that maple seed is a bit like shelling garden peas. You have to peel off the outer mm-hmm. casing to reveal that little, okay. uh, that little bean-shaped fruit within. And there's no one way to eat a maple seed. Of course, you can just pop them into your mouth plain. And that's what I'm challenging you to do, Kristen, going, okay, <laughs> that nerd Bob guy said these things are edible. Uh, I'm going to try this. If I get sick, it's on you. Right, right. No, 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 you won't get sick. A- anyway, others steam or boil them, add a little butter, a little salt, maybe a little I was wondering garlic. about roasting them in the oven with hey, some seasoning like you would a pumpkin seed. Bingo, bingo. That, and I think that's probably one of the preferred ways of people is roasting them. Of course, you can add them fresh to salads or other dishes, or people even grind them, uh, dry them and grind them into flour, which I thought was interesting. But but check this out. This one person said uh, uh, they described them as sweet with a mild maple taste. And uh, I don't know if I got any maple taste out of it, but uh, one of their favorite ways to enjoy the seeds is to make maple patties, they're called. So you gather about two cups of Samaras, and of course, that's... Mm, I'm going to take you some time <laughs> for those little those little seeds and uh you know you basically uh take those little they're soft and you just put uh, mash them up into a squishy pulp and then form them into patties and fry them in oil and then top them with a little maple syrup and uh it sounds tasty and of course this person's saying they're tasty but yeah so and then get this uh, i don't know if you knew this Kristen, but uh, maple or not maple red bud flowers are also edible and that i have gotten the gumption to say you know walked up to red bud and i because i have one in the yard pulled off a cluster of flowers popped it in my mouth and i'm like dang they're kind of crunchy yet sweet there's a there's a sweet uh flavor to them and people will actually take the red buds before the flowers open and they will pickle them and uh the pickle jar that you make uh, or you the you kind of treat them like capers then right and then that turns the water that that, or that vinegar, I should say, that that beautiful, I don't know, magenta color, whatever the heck that color, pinkish, whatever. Um, and then the seed pods that develop on red maples, Native Americans certainly uh, cooked those up and ate those as well. And uh, the seed pods, before the hard seeds develop inside those pods, you would collect it just like you would a, a snow pea and saute those babies up. And get this, the seeds later on um, are edible as well. And from what I understand, let's see if I can find that stat here. They're 25% protein, so if, and 8% fat, and um, and so get this: if you if you're seeing red buds seed around, the birds are the ones planting them. They just accidentally dropped one, right? And that's why the birds go crazy for those maple uh, pods, is because they're so full of protein. So, pretty cool stuff. As so I challenge you. As you're, maybe you do a walkabout with your critters. Maybe you don't have critters to walk, but maybe you've had enough walking during the day <laughs> with your I job. I have a cat that can walk on a leash. <laughs> oh, really? That's kind of cool. Yeah, we used to have a cat. We took the dog for a walk. He'd, he'd kind of walk beside us for like a block, and then he'd kind of say, no, this is not for me. I'm going back home. I'm out of here. So. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna up your maple seed game a little bit, Bob. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, while we're talking here, I Googled, are maple seeds edible? And some other interesting things I found are deep-fried maple leaves. Oh. So <laughs> apparently, um, and they're actually quite cool looking. Um, I haven't looked at the recipes yet, but if you uh, Google deep-fried maple leaves, there's all sorts of really neat-looking pictures and snacks Too that cool. are uh, what looks to be. So, yeah, you can have your maple seeds and then have your deep-fried leaves and... Um, don't have to do any fall cleanup this year. My dream is we are able to have, which reminds me, I got to put a quick plug um, on, oh gosh, whatever, Sunday, May 
15th, Sunday, May 15th, uh, we're having a wild edible potluck. Now we're calling it perennial garden potluck or something because wild edible scares people. They think, oh, gonna, you know, you're trying to kill me. But uh, that's my dream is, man, we just, you know, these people come together every year and just the uh, creativity gets ramped up a notch or two, you know, every year there's something different. You know, I don't know if you've ever tried dandelion f- flower fritters, but I, I always, there's a YouTube video out there, folks, uh, on how to make dandelion f- uh, flower fritters. Of course, we want to make sure it's not sprayed first, right? Or there was no dog that visited that patch right before you and, you know, kind of did their duty, right? <laughs> but uh, but anyway, uh, I've never tried them, but they look quite tasty. Of course, anything dipped in batter and fried, I mean, shoot, we could eat shoe leather that way, couldn't we? I mean, if it's uh, fried <laughs> up and... But it sounds Sadly, like yes. <laughs> more of a savory batter than than a sweet batter is what uh, what I was finding online. You know, adding spices like uh, cumin and you know pepper, ground pepper, and things like that, making it more savory. But uh, dandelion flowers, highly nutritious. They were brought over here at, for food stuff and for medicine. That's why dandelions are here. In fact, colonists were encouraged to plant dandelions. They'd bring the seeds over from the old world and and plant away. And now, of course. We humans spend millions of dollars to eradicate them, right? If we just, uh, I guess, give them a little love and, you know, show. And I, and the dandelion, I have to admit, we still are not on the same page as far as, you know, sorry, I'm not going to keep you in my yard. You, you don't play nice. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't quite gotten into that no, yet either. No. And you don't want to make your neighbors mad either, right? So there you go. <laughs> All right, Kristen, I'm going to keep you on the line. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, I always like to uh, pick your brain on, you know, maybe in the last time since we talked, you've uh, got introduced to a new shrub or a new tree or a new bedding plant. Or I, I want to kind of uh, put you on the spot here, but uh, maybe ask about some of your go-to plants that are fail-safe okay. for people that, that, that wanting to put some cool things and we'll kind of run down a list maybe start with trees and some shrubs and and some some perennials and then and then talk about some of the things that are your go-to for your wonderful pot creations sounds good we can do that cool cool all right i'll keep you on the line and you can't tech check your texts while you're on break <laughs> no i'm just kidding you probably got five texts while we were talking but anyway um i'm not watching i'm i'm trying to now you got me on the spot so i got to start looking for information <laughs> right there you go oh she's quickly gonna google what the heck okay oh that's right all right, all <laughs> what right. Are my favorite plants right i've got a list all right great kristen all right we'll talk soon uh you stay on the line we'll be back in a bit that is Kristen Hain from Land Escapes. Uh, you are listening to How's It Growing right here on KZUM Lincoln. I'll be back right after this. Oh, Justin Towns, Earl love Justin Towns, Earl. Oh, he enjoyed that little bridge music there right here on How's It Growing, your weekly gardening connection. I'm connecting with Kristen Hain today from Land Escapes. We're talking landscaping. Heck, we're even talking eating maple seeds, right? We're even, <laughs> we're even talking... Uh, well, I'm curious, Kristen, are, do people hit you up for, um, like, edible landscaping at all? Are you hearing anything? We like do is there a little a- bit. We have a very, very few clients who have vegetable gardens or herb gardens. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we do some planting. Um, we do a fair amount of herb planting. Um, cool. And then just a handful of vegetables for, mm-hmm. for our mm-hmm. select clients that, that do that. Um, but it's not definitely not nowhere near as much as the ornamental stuff. Well, when you're ready to expand and, and open your second business, here here's my business idea 101. And I throw, throw this by students all the time. It's like saying, you know what no landscaper is doing yet, and they should be? Is basically, uh, you're, you're, you know, you'd have to come up with a creative name, vegetable gardeners or whatever. So you're basically going to your client's place, first of all, to build the vegetable garden, right? Maybe one client wants a raised bed. Maybe one client's, you know, well, let's work together for a design. You're designing the vegetable garden for them. You're coming in and preparing the soil for them. Heck, you might even be coming in and planting the seeds for them and then teaching them as you're coming in for your, your management of that vegetable garden. Maybe you're showing up once a week and trusting, hopefully, that that's their watering or whatever. But, you know, is there room in, in the landscaping industry for somebody that just specializes in, in edible landscapes, which would be obviously trees and shrubs, but, but vegetable gardens too? I think or, or am in I some full of it? communities, I, I think in some communities, um, I don't know if Lincoln, Nebraska is that community. Mm-hmm. Um, I could definitely see that being popular, like in some areas of California, Oregon, 
you know, some of the other areas where they're very health food conscious. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, uh, worth a shot. I see what you're saying. We're meat and potatoes. <laughs> here in Nebraska. Oh, gotcha. Well, Lincoln, yeah, a little more progressive that way. I think, uh, you know, yeah. people people want, if you're having your taters, you might as well have something good with those taters, right? And of course, we want you to grow your own homegrown t- potatoes anyway. All right. Well, Kristen, uh, I gave you a little time there, played a little longer bridge music to say, okay, she's looking some things up. She's got her go-to. <laughs> I'm just curious, uh, what, are you, what are your, some of your favorite trees to put in the landscape? Do you guys do a lot of tree planting as well? We do some tree planting. Um, we don't do a ton, but mm-hmm. we do some. Um, the Some of the most popular things, um, as far as like a birch goes, the Parkland Pillar has been very popular for quite a few years now. Um, they kind of give you that look of an aspen, but being a hardier tree for this area, aspens really aren't suited very well for Lincoln, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Um, but very, very columnar. They're only going to get, gosh, I think six foot wide maybe. Mm. Um, and they get, I believe, up to 40, 40, 50 foot tall. Dang. So typically, um, it's kind of a nice instant gratification plant because they typically come in from the growers a little taller. Mm. Um, I know we've gotten them from growers in, gosh, like, I would say like a 10, 15, 20 gallon container or root bag. Whoa. Um, the, the tree itself is already 15 foot tall. Dang. So, but they're skinny. They're only like a foot or two, <laughs> you still, know, wide. Still, that's a, that's um, a... A beefy thing to plant, yikes! And yeah, and yeah but what was the name again? Parkland pil- Pillar. Uh, Park Parkland Pillar. It's a it's a variety of white birch. Okay. Um, I have seen them get boars. We actually part of our maintenance service for our clients is if they have white birch trees on their property, including the Parkland Pillar, we do a pre uh, a spring um, like a systemic pesticide application. Um, we've just noticed more birch borers around Lincoln over mm. the last three to five years maybe Mm -hmm. and i have seen them have some troubles with that um but beyond that they're a really cool tree very modern looking like if you have a a newer home and and you want to put them in a group or in a line or something they have that really nice sleek modern look to them too cool Um, so that's one um i've got a favorite crab apple Mm. called gladiator gladiator two two favorite crab apples gladiator and um, royal raindrops Okay. Um, Gladiator is also kind of a more upright columnar. It's not going to be nearly as skinny as that Parkland Pillar Birch. Um, but I believe it has a spread of about nine foot. And the nice thing about it is it has really beautiful dark pink flowers early in the spring. So they're blooming right now. And dark red foliage. So it actually has a good foliage color throughout the whole summer. It doesn't just go green and blend into everything else. Ah, yeah, I, I googled uh, the plant as you were chatting here to see. Yeah, you're right. That's very attractive foliage. It looks like it's a, a first edition plant. And when it's a yep. first edition plant, does that mean it came out of Bailey's Nursery? Is that um, correct? I don't think it's specific to Bailey because I have seen them. But I, don't quote me on that. I might be wrong. We do buy from Bailey. Um, and that's usually where our first editions come. But I've seen first editions listed on other websites, so I'm not honestly for sure on that. I think what's going on is it is it maybe uh, they're the production and yeah, they, they those other nurseries probably have signed a license agreement to be able to probably. grow that, but it probably yep. originated out of the 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 Bailey first editions program. So and yep, uh, so right. it's a good way to get new plants into the trade, and and everybody's kind of you know you know they have to pay a little bit uh, to grow that because you know somebody found it and they they went to the trouble to market it and get it out there in the trade so it it makes sense that they get a little bit of a royalty on that plant that's how we get new plants people and because if you're confused why they have a tm behind gladiator i don't understand that <laughs> well you know the name's trademarked and so yep. you, you can't name another crab apple gladiator and then royal raindrops i've heard good thing about i'm assuming these are good disease resistant crab apples right yeah yeah they are and um, Royal Raindrops is going to have a wider spread. It's not as upright and columnar. Um, I believe, if I remember right, it gets to maybe the 15-foot range width and maybe 20-foot tall. Um, then the neat thing is that one has a little bit lighter pink flowers in the spring, um, but it has the same burgundy foliage, but the foliage is kind of serrated. It's got uh, almost a maple kind of a shape mm. to it. Um, so it's just unique, and it holds that really dark burgundy color throughout the whole summer, which is nice. Too cool. And do you see any crab apples that, like, they kind of, 
you know, I call it crab apple week, right? You know, it's like, don't blink because once a week is over, the, a 50 mile an hour wind is going to blow all the blossom yeah. away. And, uh, I have a spring snow crab in my front, mm-hmm. front of my house that is exactly that way. That one, that particular variety does not get the fruit on it like a lot of them. Right, do, right. Um, which some people, you know, are bothered by the fruit. I, I, I personally love it. It's beautiful. It, it feeds birds and it gives you something more interesting going into fall and early winter as well to look at. But the spring snow, snow does not... Uh, fruit, and right. I swear that one is blooming beautifully right now. Next week we'll probably have that gust of wind again. And it's right, <laughs> but it's kind of but. cool seeing the the crab apple blossom snowstorm. Right when the when the wind yeah. is blowing them around, and you see the. <laughs> You see it all blowing down the street or whatever. And yeah, crab apples are a good tree. They've been around for a long time. They kind of gum and go in popularity a little bit, but uh, man, they always come out with new varieties. There's so many to choose from. So I'm glad you kind of listed a couple of your favorites. And is, is there any one favorite you have for the fruit set in the fall by chance, kind of a go-to, or is it one of those two? Out of those <laughs> two, um, no, they're fine. You know, there's I, we have a little very, very dwarf crab. Um, oh, I'm bagging one second here. I got to get back, back over to the, it. The bur- your um, brain is going, which, which yeah, one are you? <laughs> I'm like, so um, we have a, a little dwarf crab called Cinderella, mm. which has the most beautiful orangey-yellow fruit in the fall, and they're mm. larger. They're a little bit larger. It's a, it's a very dwarf tree. It only will get you know, maybe eight foot tall mm. by five foot wide. It kind of looks more like a lollipop, um, you know, as far as the form goes. But white flowers, uh, well, the buds are pink, then they open to white flowers in the spring. Uh-huh. Um, and then it gets the the fruit on it, though. It's just so cool. It's very dense, um, lots of fruit for the size of the tree, and they're like this bright gold color that really stands out in the fall mm. landscape. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. And a lot of the crabs nowadays, folks, they, they have what's called persistent fo- uh, fruit. So it'll form in the fall, look all pretty, look all pretty through the winter. And then the following spring, wow. as the birdies are coming back, you could get cedar wax wings, you could get cardinals, you could get mainly robins. Robins love them. I think they love a drunk party. And so if those <laughs> if those fruits are happen to be fermenting, like there's this little crab apple collection on East Campus I walk by every day. And to me, kind of the harbinger of spring is, oh, there's, there's 30 robins underneath the crab apples looking to see what's left and so if you are afraid about the mess just invite a few birds over because they will be there irregardless and just don't plant it over your driveway right um you know yeah. so because yep. it'll disappear into the lawn and you won't even notice it or into your flower mm-hmm. bed or whatever so don't let that mess scare you and there's still good plants for pollinators uh that i remember listening to a doug Tallamy talk you know who wrote the book bringing nature home that everybody's respecting right now for planting trees that invite wildlife well crab apples you know we have a native crab apple called the prairie crab apple but i've tried to grow it before man does it get rust something fierce so it's a hard sell it's just not going to go it's not very common in the trade but the other crab apples in the in the like uzbekistan and stuff like that he said they're so chemically sent uh similar to the prairie crab apple that your native insects are still going to feed on the foliage you know not defoliated but a a spot taken out here a spot taken out there where we don't even notice and then of course there's the fruit advantage too so don't think of a crab apple as this so-called foo-foo plant as i call them um those foo-foo plants that really don't do anything but provide ornament and beauty crab apples do it all they're they're just Definitely. still a still a great plant some of them and i can't remember if it's the royal raindrops or the gladiator but the bark is beautiful mm. as well. It's like, especially when the tree is young, before it gets that kind of, you know, more scaly bark as they, as trees get older. But when they're, you really notice it on a cloudy, like rainy day in the fall or in the spring, um, the bark is just like this glowing reddish orange color. Really? So throughout the whole tree. Yeah, cool. gorgeous. Well, that Royal Raindrops does have some really cool-looking foliage. You'd look at the foliage and say, is that a crab apple?" right? I mean, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't look yeah, like anything. Yeah, very different. Yeah, very different, and uh, yeah, it's just a very sharp-looking tree and very disease-resistant. Uh, good stuff, Maynard. All right, so uh, any other trees you want to chat about or you want to move on to a few shrubberies? Let's move on to shrubs because my shrub list is much longer than my tree list. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what do you got for us that, that, that you just say, oh, so, got to um, have it? We've got a few new things this year that we're, we're going to be, where we're hoping to be carrying, you know, everything with all the shortages and supply chain problems. We don't yes. really know what we're carrying until it arrives in our 
front door. <laughs> but um, I'm just going to read off a couple of them first, and then you can pick what we want to talk about. Um, there's a, a newer dwarf by Burnham called Spice Baby. Mm. Um, there's a fan cherry called Jade Parade and a new Calicarpa called Pearl Glam. Mm. Um, and an officially dwarf burning bush called Little Moses. Jeez. So, and I've got some bud, butterfly bush ideas as well and a hypericum. But I, you, you, you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so now my brain is spinning. Well, let's start with the last one you just talked about, hypericum. I think it kind of gets overlooked and underutilized uh, for that, that you know, heat of summer bloom, right? It's one of the few, few shrubs that you're going to get a bloom on, what, July, August, something like that? I think it's usually um, July. The gosh, I'm trying to think when. Uh, yeah, late summer into fall, I believe. Okay. And and Hypericum, folks. Another name for that is Saint John's Wort. You may have heard it heard it by that name. And and so, what Hypericum has uh, really caught your fancy then? The one that caught my eye last year um, is called it's floral. So there's a whole line of floral berry Hypericum floral berries, and then there's um, gosh, I'm going to have to pull up the the one I am I'm most enthralled with is called Sangria mm. floral berry Sangria, and. Um, it's just an all-around gorgeous plant. They're, they stay fairly small. They grow, you know, kind of rounded or mounded, about three foot tall and wide. Um, the sangria specifically has dark green, uh, leaf, like the top of the leaf is dark green, and the underside is burgundy. So you have this two-tone leaf, and then they get the gorgeous yellow flowers on them, and as those flowers fade, then they turn into these berries, which is actually very popularly used in the floral trade. So the, the berries, the uh -huh. natural flowers are excellent for, for cut flower arrangements. Yeah, you're, you're right. And I typically don't see, you know, I, I, I think of St. John's Wort and they have these seed pods, not necessarily berries. So, yeah, that is definitely a new one to me. And looking at the images yeah, online. Yeah, you seed pod, I think. <laughs> well, but still, I mean, they're just kind of like these brownish uh, capsules, if mm -hmm. you will. These, these look like, like yeah. you say, like, I'm sure it's technically a capsule, but from a distance, it looks like a berry. And that is, mm -hmm. that is really... Yeah, that bright, corally red color. Wow. And, yeah, it's just, the, the plant's got so many different things going for it. Um, being a hypericum in our or in our area around here, you know, they could be a little bit touchy with our cold winters, depending on on the winter. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes they'll need to be cut back significantly in the spring. I kind of would think of this plant as more like a woody perennial, kind of like a butterfly bush oh. or um, calicarpa or caryopteris, those types of plants. Gotcha, um, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, and there's lots of good hypericums out there. I think kind of the old standby. Oh, that's so 80s. Was the uh, sunburst? Uh, I don't mm -hmm. know if you're still planting that at all. If that one gets out in your. No, I've never never planted one of those. This, yeah. this floral berry line um, are the ones that have really just caught my eye. They were, I believe, developed for the floral industry. Ah, gotcha. Um, and so they just have all this incredible stuff. But there's um, there's sangria. There's there's floral berry champagne, there's floral berry chardonnay, floral berry rosé, and floral berry pinot. So I guess they're all named after wine. Somebody loves their wine and said, why not? I will, I will why not? <laughs> name my wines after that. Well, anyway, and Hypericum, man, has a long history of its medicinal use. And I, I should know off the top of my head why it's got the name St. John's Wort. I believe, it's, I hope I'm not going to be wrong, but I think St. John's Wort has, has to do with, um, oh shoot, I just lost it. Is it, is it like uh, antidepressant, perhaps? Uh, I think that might be right. Yeah, I'd have to look it up too. But that name, uh, wart, is not the most sexy for a plant name if you think about it, people. Wart, come on, really? Well, it's W-O-R-T. And and that wart, if, if a plant has that W-O-R-T attached to it, I can think of a plant called cudweed sage wart, for example. Uh, oh, there's probably others that are escaping my brain. But that wart, if you look it up, what that or suffix means is, uh, is that... Um, it, it has a long history of medicinal use is what that means. And mm -hmm. so that, that's pretty cool. Don't. So if you see that, look it up and say medicinal uses of St. John's wort. And of course, the, the, the series you're talking about, I'm assuming, isn't necessarily going to have those medicinal powers, people. Probably that, not. You know, but, but anyway, it's just, just more of mentioning that out of a, a curiosity statement. And then you had mentioned uh, a shrub that gets overlooked is uh, the Calicarpa. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, poo, now the common name's escaping me. Uh, Calicarpa. Uh, beautyberry. Uh, beautyberry. Yeah, Beautyberry. Yep. 
that is a, a mighty fancy looking shrub, but you say there's some newer varieties out. Is that what you said? Yes. So, so you don't, I don't see the, the, the old fashioned calicarpas or beauty berries in the trait very often um, mm. from our growers. They're, mm-hmm. you know, it's an older plant. Um, it's not a very exciting plant until fall and then it's very exciting. Right. Um, you know, they're, they're just a, a green bush, you know, not very interesting. You got to trim them back away in the spring, but in the, in the fall, all along the entire stem, they develop these clusters of like electric purple berries that are teeny tiny and they just cover these plants. So the fall is really what is the, the, the biggest punch for the for the beauty berries. Mm-hmm. However, there's a new one and um, it's also a proven winter's plant um, called Pearl Glam that has come out in the last couple of years and it has purple foliage Ooh. and purple berries. So you got you have some a prettier foliage to look at throughout the whole summer. And then it also has a little bit different form. It's a little more upright, kind of vase-shaped. Um, and then, of course, the, the electric purple berries in the fall. So this will be our first year carrying those this year, and I am super excited to have them come in in the next couple of weeks and see how they look and get them in the ground and see how they do. See how they perform. Yeah, and that would be a really cool contrast because, like you said, that electric purple, I mean, it's like a fluorescent paint uh, purple. Oh, yeah, and it's unreal. And then that contrasting with a, maybe a darker purple foliage, ooh, it sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. And then so if yeah, people I'm a grow those, for any kind of foliage colored plants, I, I'm I get bored by by plants that have green foliage. But anything with some color. Green, it's just green. another green. Yeah, well, uh, I'm so I'm curious too that you know like it, like you say it's performance, but the the beauty berry, I think people used to kind of shy away from it because oh, it's not hardy here. Well, the root system is plenty hardy, right? But sometimes the plant will die back over the winter, right? If we have a hard yeah, winter. Just- just like the the butterfly bush and the caryopteris and even the hypericum, but, you mm-hmm. know, I, I kind of group all those in the same category. They they may the, the branches may die back if our winter's pretty hard, um, but yeah, the roots roots should be plenty hardy. I have a couple of the really old fashioned calicarpas in my property, and uh-huh. um, they come back every. I've got them on the north side of the house. They get no sun. Um, the pearl glam, I'd probably give a little bit more sun because I would assume that purple color in the foliage is going to need that in order to color up really well. Gotcha. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I've had those, those old ones for, gosh, I don't even know, 15 years. Maybe no years. kidding. Do you yeah. just kind of make it at home? Do you just kind of make it a practice? You don't even think about it. I go cut it back by fifty yep, percent in the every spring. spring. Every spring, we cut them down to like two foot tall. Two foot tall, and they come back just fine. And yeah, and, and it's proven itself as being a tough plant. I've seen it. If you put it in a windswept, hot south side of a building, eh, not going to perform not so well. It's one of those shrubs yeah, I think that they prefer a little protection. I agree, and and a little shade, and oftentimes we're looking for what can I plant for a shrub and part shade. Well, it's a perfect one for that, right? Perfect one, yep. And so is the hypericum. That one I wouldn't put in a really wide open area either. Mm. Um, keep that in a little protection. If it gets a little bit of sun, a little bit of little bit of shade, it's fine. Just not heavy shade. Cool, cool. And then you also mentioned, uh, I think you mentioned as one of your uh, go-tos as Caryopteris, the blue mist by Rhea, or Rhea just mentioned that in passing? Um, oh, I just mentioned that in passing. Okay, gotcha. On my list. Gotcha. They're, they're a nice plant, though. But you mentioned a Budlea, the uh, um, butterfly bush. Is there some newer varieties yeah, out so, there? Yeah, we've, we've tried a number of different butterfly bushes over the years. Um I'm trying to remember the one that we had years ago. We just had not 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 very good luck with it. We we had problems with them returning over the winter. But the last mm-hmm. few years we've been using um, the Pugster series, mm. and they're a dwarf. They're only going to get about two foot by two foot, but they come in a variety of colors from blue to purple to like a lavender color. Um, I don't know if there's a white. I think there's a pink. Um, but the Pugster ones have proven themselves to be hard. They've they've survived our last two winters and I figure if any plant can survive our last two winters between 50 inches of snow and no snow no snow right (laughs) then they're they're definitely staying in my nursery for a while Um, but yeah they're they're budding out right now and and we're having good luck with them yeah that's good are you saying when you say budding out they're literally like you don't have to cut them down to four inch stubs they're 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 (laughs) yeah it'll be I mean it'll probably be a little bit different on each property where they're planted and what their exposure was Mm. um but like we've got uh I think I've got a couple of them out in our display garden at at my shop and um they might have a little bit of tip dye back on the branch but they're definitely branch or or budding out on the stems as opposed to having to come cut them to the ground this year like last year we had to cut them to the ground Cool, cool. Well, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. A caller's trying to call in, and I thought I was doing this correctly. 
Dang it. Um, anyway, try again, caller. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll hopefully uh, get you... Uh, <laughs> get you. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Well, anyway, uh, it's going to bother me now, Kristen. I'm telling you that because somebody's trying to call in and I keep screwing up their, their phone calls. So if you're listening going, come on, Bob, get your act together because this is the fastest hour in radio and we're almost out of time. All right, so let's move on from shrubs. We got, we got around five minutes left. Um, so, Kristen, uh, what about perennials? Uh, what, what, what are some yeah, perennial so plants? I've, I've got a f- I wrote down four on my list to share. Um, and, again, I'll just kind of read through them quick, and we can talk about whatever you want. Um, started using an astilbe a couple years ago that I've fallen in love with called Mighty Chocolate Cherry. Um, and then there's a dwarf eupatorium up- um, called Baby Joe. Oh, uh-huh, yes. And um, Hakona Kloa, which sometimes is called Japanese forest grass. Um, I, lo- I love the all gold variety on that. And then heucheras, there's a million different heucheras on the market. I've only had really good luck with a couple of them. Uh-huh. Um, but this year we've got a, a new line coming in that is Northern Exposure. And I'm mm. really excited about the red one because the red is like a cherry red foliage. Ooh. And I think it'll stand out in about any landscape. So, yeah, so those are my four top picks for perennials right now. Too cool. And that Northern Exposure with a name like that, let's hope that means I can take those winds, uh, yeah. those drying they winter winds, right? <laughs> yep, they're supposedly bred to to tolerate the colder climates better. Cool. So yeah, my, could... my non-northern exposure one that we've mm-hmm. been using for years and had really good luck with is the um, uh, Southern Comfort. Southern Comfort. Okay, that's good to know. Because like you say, there's so many your head can spin and they're all cool and you're like going, but they they tend to, well, most of them tend to not last two to three years, right? You'll get two to three years mm-hmm. out of them and then they, I think it's our dry winters, our, our desiccating yeah. winds because they're kind of semi-evergreen. Hey, Kristen, yeah. I did get that caller on the line. Let's see Go if it, this actually works. Hello, caller. Can you hear me? Yes, this is Don. How are you? Don, good. Sorry it took so long for me to figure this out, but I <laughs> I did get you on the air. Thank you for your patience. How can well, we help thank you? Thank you. Um, I appreciate your show. I listen as often as I can. Good. I have a question. I have two uh, Harry Louder walking stick plants. Mm-hmm. The spiral bush slash tree from Scotland. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Love them. And I know... This is their second, third year, and they're established. And I know you need to uh, control the suckers that come up. Mm-hmm. Is there a uh, a guide to how bushy you want it or how tall or which suckers to nip at the bottom? I would cut anything off of it that's growing straight because they will tend to sucker with the straight shoots. As opposed to yeah. the curly ones, mm-hmm. and I would just cut all of those out. Don't don't let any. Oh, of those okay. Go. And that's what before I go to in there and cut, I just kind of want some information like that. Yeah, for sure. And and so, Kristen, is that those straight shoots coming up? Is that a result? Are they they're not grafted? Are they or are they from cutting? I feel like it might be. I don't know. Yeah. And the reason we're saying that, Don, is if it's grafted, what's happening is often happens with crab apples, right? They'll you'll see them sucker at the base of the tree, and it's annoying to people. And it what does it take you thirty seconds to cut the suckers off? You'll be okay. And uh, you know, so you basically yeah remove those because it could be the rootstock trying to grow beyond the top, if you will. And it oh, is I, a graft. I just looked it up, so yes. It is the graft, yeah. So so it's basically just uh, whatever they're grafting it onto going, I want out of this. <laughs> I want to come up and grow out of this. But yeah, keep on it and get this done. I know of a Henry Lauder's walking stick. Dana, I'm talking to you. It's probably the big one of the biggest ones in town. I mean, this thing is pushing... Uh, what, 15 feet tall, and the trunk is like six inches diameter. Oh, my. I mean, what an impressive bird, but uh, I think it's on the downswing as well, so they're not horribly long-lived, but if you yeah, get, you know, if you but if you get 20 years out of a Henry Lauder's walking stick, come on, man, you're oh, going to, sure. you know, that's that's plenty good, so really cool shrub. And I do on my, go ahead. I was going to say, a really cool shrub. Them in the, I didn't cut them back in the fall, enjoying the silhouette uh, when they drop their leaves so this year i i need to attend to the suckers gotcha. this is good information 
Yeah, yeah, tend to those suckers. And, uh, you know, they have these little dangly catkins in the spring, which is kind of cool. And, you know, and if you have those those curled branches, what we're going to do with her tree, if it does die, we're going to cut the uh, the outer portions of it and leave the gnarly twisted parts is kind of a, she might even paint the darn tree purple if it's dead, right? Just to kind of, <laughs> and hang bird feeders from it just because it's got so much character now. So anyway. <laughs> yeah, mine have grown to, mine have grown to a, a good three foot plus and a two to three foot spread on it. So. Cool. They're pretty well established. No doubt. It's it's there. Yeah, just like Kristen said, those straight shoots are a great indicator that it's coming from the rootstock. So cut away. Yeah, I've, I've got one that's uh, on a, it's a, it's a, like a, a standard form. So it's been grafted onto a trunk and the trunk itself is probably uh, four or five foot tall. Cool. So, and then the bush is up above that. I've also got a burgundy foliage one. I can't remember the, the uh. tree name of that one. Um, the one that's burgundy, I've struggled with a little bit more. It seems to sucker quite a bit more, uh, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know. That's and what I read in, beetles love them. in my readings. That's what was indicated, the burgundy. Kind of suckers more. Well, again, we can handle those suckers, people. You know, like I say, it's like, oh, sure. you know, a few cuts and boom, I'm done. That's what gets us out into the garden to stroll <laughs> and prune a little bit. Well, thanks for the call, Don. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks for listening. You bet. Bye. All right. Uh, thanks so much, Don. And uh, Kristen, I'm looking at the clock and it's like, I'm out of time, man. Uh, and well, we we got to a lot of stuff. We got some trees. We got to some shrubs. We got to some perennials. We didn't get to bedding plants, but we've talked about bedding plants with you on the show before. So yeah. it's good to yeah. uh, talk about some other things. We'll we'll hit up your go-to for for containers in the fall when I have you back. I think seems to me I have you back Perfect. in probably November or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't like, remember. <laughs> it's all a blur. It's all a blur. Hey, can, I, can I give a shout, shout out to your listening audience here sure. for, for one quick thing before we leave? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if, I mean, how many of them follow us or what, but we just recently won the Lincoln Choice First, Plant, First Place Award for the best landscaping company in Lincoln. Boom. Um, so if anybody out there is listening that voted for us, I just want to thank you so much. Um, it means a lot, and we've been working on that for a long time. We've made it into the top three many times, but haven't quite crossed that bridge to number one, and we did it this year. So. I'm so glad you said that because excited about that. honestly, before when I was driving down, I'm thinking I have to make sure and mention this to Kristen, and uh, or at least you know give you the kudos for that. And uh, I have another caller calling in, Janet. You're calling too late. Um, I told you to call between the 20 after. (laughs) Anyway, what Janet is calling about is the Lincoln Herbal Society's sale is coming up. And uh, so you can find information on that online. Uh, Otherwise, uh, support the Lincoln Herbal Society or Nebraska Herbal Society, sorry. Um, And uh, their annual plant sale probably coming up uh, either this Saturday or the following Saturday. But we'll get that info to you. All right. Thank you so much for your time, Kristen. I appreciate it. And you. you, You Thank you for having me. Hang in there and, and do your rain dance. okay? (laughs) we'll do that. It sounds like we might have a chance later this week. No doubt. All right. You take care. We'll see. you You bet. See you later. Bye. Right. Bye-bye. Yeah, uh, we are out of time here, people. I hope you enjoyed this rendition of How's It Growing. I will see you next week, same time, same place, right here on How's It Growing. Until then, you have a great week.